and welcome to the Fence End podcast. Um, it's still me sitting in for Liam for the moment, and I'm joined by one regular, Fraser. Hello, Hi, Fraser. hello, good evening. And and a, a guest in the shape of Swiss Yellow. Would you would you prefer to be called Swiss or S- Swiss is fine? Yeah, hello Swiss everybody. That's that's on brand. I keep my brand. As that. <laughs> yes, so, very for, important these things. Well, it well it is for when I I do what all the all the other Oxford fans seem to be doing. Bring out my own fashion range. <laughs> Ox blogger and everybody else. Got got my own Swiss yellow cheese themed pants. I think will be ready for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one. Oh, dear. That's, that's thrown me completely. <laughs> um, right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk Wigan, Pompey and the game on Saturday. Um, so I, I first, first things first, head back to last Saturday and the 2-1 win at Wigan. Did we, did we all see it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What do we think? I'm... <laughs> the Wigan game, it's, the games are coming thick and fast, so it's quite difficult to roll back after yesterday's excitement. The, the Pompey mm. game was amazing, but we we will talk about that. I thought Wigan were a really bad side, and we should have won about 8-0, so I'm a bit disappointed with 2-1, but we can't be uh, where we're scraping for points, and I think the team needs a bit of a morale-boosting run, and that's what we had. We, we won, it was 2-1, it, the scoreline wasn't comfortable but I thought the performance was pretty comfortable yeah it's it's I very much agree with the first thing you said there that um I have not seen a side as bad as Wigan for a long time I mean they were just crap it was it was quite sad actually really wasn't it there is it's quite a fall from grace for them but they are barring a miracle they are lead two bound um but yeah it was um you know you, you did initially think oh I wish we'd I wish we'd smash these lot and typical Oxford we we it looked like we were comfortable and then we became a bit uncomfortable and god towards the end it was uh yeah I, I couldn't really watch but um yeah it's you know the, the overall headline of it was we got a win and and that is just brilliant <laughs> yeah I yeah, thought I Sorry, Simon. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think you're right. They, they're not a great side. I, I don't remember. I don't can't remember if it if it resulted in a goal. But what, at one point, they were going forward, and their guy literally just sort of passed the ball to one of our players. And at that point, you're thinking, blimey, they're either awful or really low on confidence or or whatever. But yeah, a very poor side. That you're right. We should have we should have put to bed a lot earlier and and been a lot more comfortable than it was because it was when they stuck seven minutes on. And you're thinking, oh my god, is it going to be one of those games where we we should be out of sight and we're not, and we concede one right on ninety minutes, and then they go and equalise, and that I think that could have really dented the confidence. As it was, we got the three points, we got the got the result, and away we went. Yeah, and I think it kind of, for me it's, it shows the sort of random nature of the fixture list. If we'd have played Wigan first game or second game, we would have we would have trounced them, and we'd be in a completely different position that we're in now but because of the way the fixture list has, has has gone we ended up playing them when we were struggling ourselves and just a little bit fragile um I'm really concerned about that right side I know it kind of people tend to to to, to 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 you know think that things are okay at the moment with Claire being pushed forward um but I just think even with the game last night we're being targeted on on the right side um and that, that last-minute goal for Wigan was a bit of a, oh, no. 
you know, moment. I, I've, I was loath to, to tweet that we were doing okay because a couple of weeks ago I tweeted, oh, we're doing all right, immediately conceded. And it's like the third time that I'd happened this season. So I thought, Do you know what? I got so much dog's abuse last time. I'm not, I'm going to keep this to myself and sat there, you know, but and I thought, we're doing all right. And of course, Wigan went and scored and I was like, no, just don't, just hold off till the, till the final whistle. Um, but that that sort of mental frailty that Wigan had is kind of you could see us having a little bit of that at points over the the, the early part of the season. You know the way Henry, we we don't know these things at the time, but we could all see something was wrong with James Henry in the opening mm-hmm. phase. And then when um, Kr came out and said, yeah, he's, he's had a knee injury and he's been really struggling, probably around seventy percent. You're like, well, of course. But but the club aren't going to go and divulge every single injury because that, of course, gives gives the opposition chance to write. Okay, we can target this person and that person. Um, so it, it was just one of the ones. I think I think we. I'll certainly take two one. I'm not going to complain about it. No, absolutely, absolutely. You, it's an interesting one you say about the right side, and obviously Claire's come in for quite a bit of stick about how well he's played or or not, and and. In the fans for um, the five minute fan forum phone in thingy, um, he he was Carl uh, Robinson asked the question about you know the the right back experiment, which I thought was a bit harsh. As as somebody's pointed out, I don't know on social media or in the news, you know we we're not asking whether the experiment with the left back is is still going because Josh Ruffles was a midfielder who's turned into a left back. So players can move positions, you know. And it, it crikey, you know. Um, Gareth Bale, Harry Redknapp thought he was a right back or a left back. You know, he didn't think he was a winger. So, so players, yeah, can definitely move positions. And and, and Claire, I think, has been as football fans. I don't know if it's just our club, but we do need we do we do seem to want to find someone we've got to pin all the blame on. And it poor old you know Daryl, uh, poor old Claire's had, he's come in for dogs abuse when we've not been playing well as a team, and he's he's been the brunt of it a little bit, but. With Sam Long going there, you think, okay, we're going to be a bit stronger. But you're right, you know, the the Wigan goal and the goal last night were come came from the attack coming down the left hand side, targeting him in some way. And and you're right, I think there's there's still a little bit there that that needs work on. But that again, that could all be down to a little bit of confidence. And, and if we go on a run, players all of a sudden just relax into a position that they're making quicker quicker judgments on on what to do with the ball and it, it could all you know very quickly turn from from being a, a problem position to Sam Long slots in there does the defensive stuff Sean Clare covers because I thought I thought he did more defensive work better last last night than than he, he has when he's played right back he looked a lot more involved somehow yeah, I, I agree, and I think if Sean Clare, if he had been a winger or a full or, or, or you know right-sided attacking midfielder, and we'd have seen those his last two performances had been yeah. his first two performances, he certainly wouldn't be getting the the dog's abuse that he is. Now, the the thing I, I you know you look at our our backline last season where we had Cadden, Dickey, Massinho, and Ruffles. You know, mm. Ruffles is probably the one we would look at and go, well, he's, he's playing out of position, but he's you know, obviously he's making that position his own. 
But then this season, we haven't had a settled back four and there's no leadership. It's something I've been harping on about on social media that I just think where we're a bit mentally fragile after the playoffs, after the things not quite going our way, we need a bit of experience, a bit of nous. And we've had Sam Long, Claire, Moore, Atkinson and Ruffles, right? And a combination of all of those, those, those players. And none of them have a huge amount of football league experience at the, the, those positions that they're playing in for us. So there's got to be a little bit of time. We've got to be patient. It's not like, oh dear, KR's um, recruitment is dreadful. I think the recruitment is, is fine. It's, it's how quickly we've got to allow these players to settle in beginning of the season that didn't give us any time to settle the way the season played out with 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 postponements and injuries and a lot of you know weirdness going on we just didn't have a settled back four and that put us under lots of pressure put eastwood under more pressure and meant we were giving up mistakes because people were being edgy you kind of you kind of extending your speed of mental decision making when you're feeling a little bit frail. I mean, I, I had it in ice hockey. You can see a team that's kind of down on its confidence because they take either too long or they snap, um, make snap decisions, and it, it causes errors. And we just need to feel calm and 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 a little bit of experience. Having Massinho on the pitch and have I think Atkinson and Moore are going to be an amazing partnership but when you actually look at the stats of how many league games those two have played together it's nothing compared to the rest of the division yeah absolutely right absolutely there's there's clearly some some talent there you know Moore and Atkinson Atkinson especially last night was was running the ball out of the back and and it was his run and a, and a little one-two in the middle of the park and then a continuation of the run that led to the penalty and and you look at him and think wow there is there's some player there it, it was very Dickie-esque you know the, what we what we came to expect from Rob Dickey carrying the ball out yep. and being out of carry. I thought he was as good if not better I was just about to that, say he's a hell of a talent there. yeah I thought he out Dickied Dickey yesterday <laughs> yeah. um yeah. his his forward movement that that kind of Beckenbauer um mm. pressing just it was opening up opportunities for us and allowed our midfield to move upwards, which then allowed the forwards a bit of a bit of movement. I, I really liked the uh, formation last night and, and the Portsmouth game, although it was a draw. I thoroughly bloody enjoyed that game. It was a good one to watch. Probably the first game I've actually enjoyed during lockdown where I've been on the edge <laughs> of my fit seat, not really looking at my phone and doing other things or, you know, just feeling a bit miserable that I wish I was looking at Dave Clark's pretty face. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, it just, it felt like, no, I'm, I'm actually enjoying a game and this is, this is, um, uh, I, I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm not just feeling like, oh Christ sake, Oxford, what have you done that for? You know, does anyone know exactly what happened at the end of the game? Is this? It's also. It's a bit, little bit of a mystery, isn't it? Some something. It was a bit of a scuffle, but there's been a then... lot of stuff on social media, Fraser. <laughs> yeah, a picture <laughs> surfaced, which I was thinking, oh, someone yeah. get that removed somehow. <laughs> yeah, and I, and um, it's Ronan Curtis, isn't it, in the player in oh, question, who's yeah. a thoroughly despicable individual. <laughs> that I do think there should be some sort of psychological analysis of his of his life because he's come out as a quite a miserable character and probably needs some some good good help to to make himself a more positive person but 
his own mother tweeted yeah, that was yeah. about the that size was... of his package and it was like it's probably not something you want to be doing um yeah. mrs mrs curtis um, I, I think I, I think i found out that was his mum from your tweet and i thought <laughs> i no, hope no, it was I, I, well, I thought no it can't be so i went on her profile and sure enough it is yeah. i just thought yeah. okay this is where we're at now yeah <laughs> very, very very odd the the whole the whole episode because you know, end of the game, it's like, right, I better. I, I, I hadn't done the dishwasher, which I normally do during the second half of an Oxford game <laughs> recently, because it's like we've been so rubbish. But, right, I'll go and tidy up the kitchen and, and, but, you know, shut the laptop and cheerily wander away. And then in 15 minutes' time, I'll turn on the um, ever so intelligent Stevie Kinnenbrew, who's becoming a, a must listen every week on the on the BBC's thing but but that was like when I went on Twitter after that it was like what have I missed <laughs> some sort of genital grabbing incident this is <laughs> this is a shame I, you're right I, I sort of I, I watch it on the computer upstairs and I, I watch the game I'd sort of hit sort of quit to start sort of shutting the computer down after the game because almost immediately I thought alright yeah, same as you I'll go, go load or unload load the dishwasher or whatever uh, and it all started to kick off and it was oh oh hang on what's going on here and it was I, it was very difficult to see what triggered it uh whether it was sean claire seemed to be involved so whether whether he'd had a little word with curtis because the 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 dive that curtis took or certainly looks like a dive that curtis took to get claire booked which you've you've got to feel sorry for sean claire because he was getting kicked their, their left back hoy you know blocked him obviously twice and got away with it um, there was a couple of other occasions where Claire was kicked up in the air, and then he gets booked for what really didn't look like a foul. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a fair refereeing um, situation last night because you've got to come off that pitch if you're Sean Claire thinking. And how how did I get booked? You know, with some of the things that were going on there. So um, I, I thought Sam Long had something to do with it. I, I don't, just don't really know what what happened. It all seemed to be a bit of little bit of little bit of bit of handbags but you know it's the one part of football i think for me it's when people go oh there's a there's a bit of there's a bit of um a to-do at the end of the game look i'm i'm an ice hockey player we tend to <laughs> to, to properly get at it this is just waving each other's you know it's like come on let's have a proper if you're gonna get banned just swing for someone come on yes i'm talking about getting banned taylor when Matt Taylor came on, you're looking at him, the, the way he was getting, well, we, we talked about it in the last pod about players needing to be a little bit, you know, the dark arts and being a little bit more of that, that, that we need at the moment around the referee appealing for stuff. But he just seemed to be a man on a mission to get himself sent off and, and miss Sunday, uh, miss Saturday's game. Yeah. Was, yeah. At one point you think, okay, yeah, get involved, be yeah. a little bit niggly, but the, the it was, it, it got to a point where you kind of thought, hang on, you, you're going to yeah. easily get yourself sent off here. Well, this is why when, when we got to full time, I, I, I breathed a sigh of relief and thought, oh, good, right, so Taylor's yeah. fine for Saturday. And then uh, Jerome's voice suddenly says, oh, someone needs to grab Matt Taylor and get him out of there. I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it would just yeah. be, because Claire's out, isn't he, for Saturday? Yeah. I think so, yeah, five yeah. bookings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And talking to Saturday, <laughs> who's that we've perfect, got? Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Who have we got on Saturday? Yes, that that team from down the uh, down the A four twenty who 
uh, Michael Appleton beat last night. I'm yeah. sure uh, they, they referenced that in the commentary on Radio Oxford that I'm sure he would have taken just that little bit more of, of an enjoyment of beating them than just, you know, it's AN other team. I think the uh, Rob Hall, didn't he, during the, during the lockdown when Rob Hall was on the club podcast that they, they did, the, uh, he talked about the, the incident in the tunnel after the game down there and uh, and what had happened and uh, I think I th- you get the feeling Michael Appleton will have will have will have enjoyed that um, they're not they're not doing great at the moment are they they're, they're in mm. our shadow now again they ship a hell of a lot of goals um, yeah. I think it's the second most I was looking at the table earlier they they've they've conceded the second highest number uh, but I think scored one more than us so it could be fairly uh could, mm. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Oh, could eat these what's, words. What's your feeling? What's your feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I think we're going to batter them. I'm, I'm strangely confident. I don't know yeah, why, but I, I am. think we are going to batter them. I think we're turning a corner with yeah. our with our mental strength, and I think the club's kind of feeling. The players are kind of feeling. Oh, okay, we're we're over this difficult patch. That's behind us, and there's a little bit more of a swagger. I think Mark Sykes last night. I think Claire obviously won't be playing, but I think Ford. Um, McGuane's shot was just that one shot he had last night was an absolute, you know, off my off my butt on the seat, shouting, "Oh, you know!" It was like such yeah. a great shot. I I think the confidence is coming back. Um, Shadipo looks looks like he he could do something magical. Um, Agji, he looks like he will be able to do something. It's it, it's just looking really positive, and I like the way they're quaking, and, and I'm. I'm pretty confident about it. I think either way, um, you know, and I'm 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 not one for holding back on their name. I think, you know, don't have to put money in the swear jar if I say Swindon, <laughs> because like the World Cup, when Brazil won it, FIFA gave the World Cup to um, Brazil to keep. Well, they've won it three times. We've yeah. we've beaten Swindon seven times in a row. Surely that means we now own them, right? So there <laughs> we go. Right. They, they, right. they, you know, and, and not only that, the, the the great news about the Oxford vaccine, as well as that, you know, let's let's be honest, helping us get back to normal. The plus point for the Oxford vaccine, better than all the COVID stuff, is that people from Swindon are going to have Oxford injected into their veins and that's just I mean we can't get better than that they're, they're just you no. know the, the, no. the choice is either well I've got to have this thing and it comes from Oxford oh great you know and, yeah. and they've beaten us now eight times in a row it's I'm just feeling really positive Saturday night though I may go and hide in the closet if it if it mm. turn, turns the other way around I can't I can't even picture that happening and and maybe that overconfidence is dangerous. I don't want KR to and the team to feel, you know, I want them to absolutely go for it and put them to the sword. But I, I do feel very confident, but I'm fearful of what, what will happen on, on on Sunday. I might just go full Trump if they do it and like no, <laughs> no, didn't Send didn't happen. happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think we kind of did that, didn't we, with the um Papa John Covid Cup yeah. or whatever they called it back then, when they they kind of sneaked past us with a draw, didn't they? And then yeah. claimed that yeah. was it, but it didn't happen. It was a recount on that one, yeah. It wasn't yeah. a genuine game, was it? it? Wasn't a first team game. Um, Alex McDonald got sent off, but didn't get a ban. So yeah, there we go. There we go. It, 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 different rules, so it's a 
Yeah, it's a reserve team game. Like, like the um, pre-season game we're going to go to when the, the lockdown ends, because that's going to be one of these um, um, Papa Don't Preach Cup things, isn't it? Where we're going to yeah, yeah. <laughs> record attendance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, yeah, we can go back the foot. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still boycotting this with the beating. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. Any individuals <laughs> out there, I am not, not going. If there's a mm. ballot and whatever and my name comes out, I, I might as well wear a mask so no one shouts at me, but I am going to go and look at football and just suck in <laughs> football. Absolutely. It will be sweet. It will be sweet. I, just go back to KR and, and how he approaches that Swindon game. I yeah. think we're, we've got enough players that have been around when we played Swindon in the past. I'm, I'm just trying to think how long ago it was and who has been around. It's Ruffles, uh, wouldn't it, mainly? Ruffles, probably. But we've got players in the squad who are local lads who will know what it means. Um, so you you kind of hope that there's an, enough... You know, Robbie Hall's still around the around the squad. Yeah. And, you know, he, his goal was the last goal scored against them. Um, and what a goal that was and what a reaction that was to be, you know, be there behind the goal. I, th- I think, like a lot of people, I thought that was going over. I thought it hit it well, but it's going over. And then it dipped and went in and it just, everything erupted. Oh, the scenes and, after that. Oh, that was yeah. just, I loved that. Yeah, all of that. It just, one of them. And you, you kind of hope that they will be aware of, of how intense the rivalry is. Yeah. Obviously, without fans there, I mean, you, you kind of get the feeling there'll be one or two people will will do the usual thing and, and stand on the tree stumps and whatever and I would imagine they'll they'll be stewarded quite well but you just get the feeling that I think Carl understands the rivalry yeah you know, he, he comes from a city Liverpool where there's a strong rivalry but it's not the same you know you talk about rivalries in football yeah in Liverpool you know yeah Liverpool Everton big big city city rivalry Man United Man City but you could quite, you know, in, in a lot of cases, you know, it will be two brothers and one will support one team, one will support the other. Yeah. Father and son and mother and daughter. You know, there's, there's lots of, of, the, of the club rivalries within one family. I, I can't think of anybody who will be in that situation with Oxford and Swindon. I, I, there can't be, or if there is, it can't, you know, going to be very, very few. Well, they don't talk about where, it. Obviously, yeah, you wouldn't. Where, where you know. one brother's a Swindon fan, one brother's an Oxford fan. Yeah, it's 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 two counties as well. It's not the same city. It's it's a county rivalry. It's a city rivalry. It's a football rivalry. It's it's a. You're right. I. It's, yeah. it's a different kind of rivalry. Yeah, I don't think from... KR's ever experienced that, has he? If you look at his managerial sort of appointments with MK, maybe mm. Wimbledon, well, yeah. maybe MK Wimbledon is a similar kind of where there's that pure vitriolic hatred between yeah. both 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 sets of fans. Sadly, he won't get to experience it on Saturday because we'll all no. be shoved behind screens. It'd be very mm. weird. But but in that away fixture. Um, He'll get to see it then because I'm sure the fans will be back come that fixture. Something really interesting for me last night, which you you mentioned, you know, the homegrown um, lads like Ruffles and we could even include Matty Taylor in that. There was a really interesting thing for me last night, a beater getting the captaincy. I thought that's a really clever move because this guy's got a lot of potential He's had a bit of a rocky road from an injury point of view. He's had that bit of a, uh, there's a bit of a tenseness between some of our fan base because of the Reading thing. And he said some things in the past when we were non-league and he was coming through the ranks. I thought that was a really 
really interesting move to do that. And it needs those individuals to put their arm round, you know, Alex Gorin and round McGuane and give them a kind of heads up on what they're going to expect. But, yeah. you know, it, it, I just thought that a beta captaincy, I really was like, mm, yeah. you, you clever so-and-so, KR, KR. I thought yeah. that was a really smart move. He did that in the past with, with Shandon Baptiste captained um, when we played Man City in the yeah. first League Cup, was it? Or F, yeah, the first game we played Man City Cup two or three years ago, whenever that was. Um, I'm sure he made Shandon captain for that game. And you kind of, you're right, I think it gives that little bit of... Makes them think a little bit. It's interesting. You, you, you're right. Obviously, with Carl's wife being involved in mental health training and that kind of thing, that, that you wonder how much he's thinking around those sort of things. Um, was it Nico Jones? They were getting him to come in with a fact every day. And you just think we, we do things. Slight. I don't know whether other clubs do this. They might well do. But you kind of think that he's he's switched on in that respect um, to, 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 to be aware of what a player needs and it's yeah it's a slight it, you could have easily made ruffles captain or goring captain you know but yeah you're right a beta being the captain was was a was a an interesting one to to give him the you know the, the start yeah absolutely and you wonder as well you know that that what happened after the final whistle last night when it was all you know the whole team all of all the subs came back on you know the backroom staff were there you you kind of yeah this is Whenever these things happen on telly, they oh, we don't want to be seeing that. And you think, actually, no, that's quite good. We, we do like to see that occasionally. And But it was the whole playing staff, the whole squad, the whole backroom staff kind of together. It was like they all had each other's backs. It, it wasn't kind of nobody left anyone out there on their own. It was like, no, we're, we're, I'm backing my mate up and he's backing me up and he's backing him up and we're all backing each other up. And It, it might just be that little thing that happened last night that, they go in to training this morning just feeling all right that's yeah yeah you have, yeah you have my back yeah. yeah and it just just a tiny little thing that might just sort of tip us now past that poor run of form that we've had into a, a win a good result at a good side in Portsmouth the derby on Saturday win that if we can and all of a sudden there's a yeah, you're, you're walking two foot taller. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Si. And, and, and you look at um, team building and successful sports teams and those those will be driven by shared experiences and shared experiences of getting across hardship and getting across difficult situations. And last night we did that. We came from behind and we stood up for one another. And I guarantee you, as you say, that dressing room, the training pitch this morning, the people, the, 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 the team will feel more together and closer because of it. Was it one of KR's, early, was it KR? I can't remember now. It is one of his first games where he, he kind of, berated someone on the pitch was it an opposing fan or something there was Blackburn away final that was it that his, was it I think that was his first season wasn't it that I was it. it was his final game of his first season and one of the yeah they, they got promotion their fans were celebrating but yeah there was a particular knobhead that decided he'd square up I think with James Henry that was it and that was it Carl you <laughs> chased him basically grabbed him around the throat and sort of like, yeah, you're not going anywhere near my players. Not, you know, you're coming through me first. Yeah. And it was, you're right. That, that at that point, you think, yeah, this this guy cares for the team. He, you know, he, he wants things. He's obviously a passionate man. You, you listen to him talk. He's, he, you know, 
he, he can over talk at times, can't we all? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he clearly cares, and 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 you're right. When it's going well, that's wonderful. If it's not, it can rub off in a negative way as well. But I think, yeah, that that, he, and he he was on there last night making or sort of getting between Curtis and whoever Curtis was had had, had the problem with. I think yeah. Carl was one of the one of the first ones in there to kind of try and get him away perhaps knowing what was going on and, and didn't want anyone getting a red card after the game. Yeah, and you could see it, Pom- Pompey had the kind of um, um, delusions of grandeur with their I follow um, mm. <laughs> a, 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 a coverage last night because they seemed to have cameras all over the place. It was a little bit, ooh, look at you with all your fun- fancy cameras, ex-premiership, ex-FA Cup winners now in the doldrums, etc. But that kind of in, in extra camera view, which was looking straight at KR, and it was as KR, I think it was giving Brown a lot of stick. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was just, I don't know what he was saying, but KR found it hilarious. And Brown mm. was just trying to not make any eye contact with KR and I, I I I love all that stuff the kind of um you know sledging I suppose um but yeah you want a manager that 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 you can sort of stand behind as a player and who's going to stand up for you and KR is that I think when t- times are bad that's when KR can struggle and he needs a little bit of a little bit of a um deflective screen I think from the club rather than him being made um, the, the, the person who's going to talk about everything I think we need to have um, you know whether it's Niall or whether it's someone in between Tiger I think we really miss um, Zaki in that position he yeah. was a breath of fresh air yeah absolutely it would be interesting as well sort of linking that to the, to the Swindon games of the past and going you know, the, the, the last win was um was with um, Michael Appleton in charge. He was mm. very, very, you know, quiet in terms of a brooding presence, if you like. But he, you know, he wasn't one that shouted at referees. He wasn't one that that got in the fourth official's face or, or was on at the, you know, the opposition bench. But you, you, there was a, there was an aura about him that kind of rubbed off on the players, and 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 they did the talking for him. You know, going back earlier than that, Chris Wilder up against the Canio and. Wilder got that brilliant. The, the, when they came to us on a great winning run, Bino gets sent off ten minutes into the game, but Wilder absolutely got in his head. Yeah, you know, he, totally. He, he, he he was different that day. He was very much a tracksuit manager, Chris Wilder, as I remember it. But I think on that day he turned up to yeah. tie. Yeah, and, you're right. And he, he he let the Canio do all the talking in the lead up to it. Yeah, and just and I thought he he did that absolutely brilliantly on that day. And, Talking of being confident for this weekend, I remember going and having a drink in the Priory before that and people nervous and, oh God, we're going to get stuff. And I was like, no, I, I feel weirdly calm and confident about that game. And obviously, you know, as it turned out, we, we won the game. But yeah. I mean, in, 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 again, going back to Robinson not experiencing many derbies, perhaps the, the Wimbledon MK thing is, is something similar. In That's perhaps a bit more one way. You know, yeah. You know, Wimbledon hate MK. MK don't have that kind of history as much. But also, maybe they're, they're... without the fans there, he might he might thrive. He mm. might he, he's not he's not going to get carried away by anything going on in the stands. He can concentrate on on focusing on the team. I think it was um, it was touched on earlier, but the sad thing is, and it's nobody's fault, but he's not going to get to experience 
the fans there. Where, do you remember the? I've mentioned this before a few times, but the Portsmouth playoff game at home when we just won the shootout last July, mm. um, yeah. which is where that season ended. By the way, nothing happened yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Je- Carl was interviewed after it. I don't know if it was on Radio Oxford or on Sky Sports, but he was interviewed right after the the winning penalty. And the very first thing he said was was about how sad he was that the no fans could attend because yep. he said imagine this place packed out now and you can tell that you can tell that at his heart he is a football fan yeah and, and, and the he, shame is he's not going to experience a, a a game against Swindon with with loads of fans because they're going to get relegated and we're going to get promoted <laughs> so next exactly, season yeah. we're not going to play them and then yeah. we'll probably never play them again and it will be this distant thing so I do feel <laughs> sorry yeah. for him there but you do mention you know really good point bringing up Wilder and bringing up you know Appleton you know, if, play, play, like let's play a game, right? And and the, that that horrible playoff final that we don't really want to talk about. The way Wickham behaved in that game, mm. the way they played it to a T, as in um, Akinfen were yapping, the, the their their subs singing, their chairman going crazy. If that was Wilder and Kelvin in that era, we'd have gone up. Because you know Wilder has that bit of a nasty streak with him and he'd have oh, made yeah. sure we, we did that. I don't think Appleton would have done that, right? I think Appleton no. would have tried to keep it. And, and quite often, when Appleton came unstuck, it was when we were bullied, and not bullied by aggressive football, but when we were bullied by cheats, time wasters and you yeah. know, nefarious yeah. deeds, the, the dark arts. I... <sighs> I kind of felt Oxford were being too nicey-nicey at the start of this season and we weren't doing things, you know, Gillingham were making us get changed on the M25 and all this other kind of nonsense that was going on. And I don't know whose idea it was to turn the crowd noise up at the Kassam, but my God, that's made a difference mm. just in terms mm. of making that the, 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 the kind of in the, the, the pitch feel different. I wonder if it affects the players and the referees because it got... It blooming well affects me when I'm watching it because you can kind of squint and imagine yeah. people are there. You know, I've bro- I've broken my leg. That's why I can't go. Not that I'm in the middle of some global worldwide pandemic and none of us can go. You know, yeah. it, it, it's um, it's adding that that. And last night, Jerome mentioned it and Nathan mentioned it as well. That the Oxford bench was so loud. You know, and when we went away to, uh, sorry, I think was it the Crew game? I don't know. There was some, one really, really poor. No, Crew was at home, wasn't it? Fleetwood, um, Fleetwood. and we, it was just so depressingly yeah. quiet. And it's like, come on, we just get in someone's ear. And I don't know if that was us not feeling confident or not feeling positive, but that certainly shone shone back in. Little things, isn't it? Little things make yeah. big yeah. changes. Yeah, and it might be we we seem to have a team of decent human beings which is great in so many ways that it must be a nice environment to go and work in to play with you've got respect for your for your for your players you know your, your teammates not just from a footballing point of view but actually because they seem like decent people and and for 90 percent of the time that's great and it works well and it works well in the community stuff that they do and and with fans and all of that sort of stuff but then it just that 10% where you need a bunch of gits to get over the line in a particular game and it doesn't quite work but you I think I'd rather have it this way I, I, you know we can have we can have one or two that are going to be you know shit houses and, and do that thing that they need to do yeah to get us over the line 
and I'm glad that we we try and, and you're going back to Appleton and Wilder you're right Appleton and and and, um, and Carl seem to have a pure sort of almost a, a romantic way of how the game should be played yep. in a way yep. they, they want to do it the right way we want to win it properly and and but may, maybe that's well perhaps not maybe about it Wilder's now a Premier League manager because he's prepared to do it the nasty way as well but that's and, but, and maybe, you know that's going to perhaps get you that little bit further it, but it does it short term Right, yes, so yeah, that yeah, will get true. you short term, and and what that's why Wilder is struggling now in the Prem because they went mm. up, they bullied people, but they've been found out, and they have been found out, and people have looked at them and scouted them and really done in depth, and then Sheffield United have spent a little bit of money, they've tried to go on a little bit more more traditional, and now they're being found out, and you see that across football, be it Steve Evans or even Wickham um, bullying their way up into the Championship, they they they're being found out, right, yeah. and and it's short term. That, that, that's in my opinion anyway the kind of cheating the nefarious stuff that can get you short term gains but being um, you know proud and you know really structured in your views you will end up getting there and I think that's what that's what Oxford will do but we do need a little bit of the the weirdness it was it was funny last night Nathan I think Nathan said it on the commentary and this was as Jamie Mackey appeared on my screen on, on Sky Sports <laughs> Matty Taylor is an inexperienced, experienced player. And what he meant by that with what Matty Taylor was doing is, 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 as you said earlier, Matty came on and he wasn't throwing himself about, but it was at risk of the game on Saturday. It was like, yeah. it was like hang on a minute, you're smarter than that. And I think that kind of is right about Matty Taylor, that he does have this rawness, even though he is, what, 30 years of age, you still think of him as being, oh, you know, he's, he's learning the trade. But he's not had a long period of time in top professional football. Yes, he had a great contract at Bristol City, but he didn't play a great deal. Yes, he played at Bristol Rovers, but that was for a couple of years after he was at Forest Green and North Lee and all that along mm. the way. So he's probably someone who would really learn a lot off of Jamie Mackey. But right now, you know, it's it's to Sam Winnell to kind of do that. So Saturday, um, predictions. I know we, apart from us absolutely dicking them, I um, am up for, I think McGuane's going to get one. I think Shadipo will get one late on. And I think we'll get one from an unexpected um, area, possibly Sam Long or Elliot mm. Moore. So I'm going 3-0. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 2 nil. I'm not quite as, but yeah, I mean, I would prefer your score. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0 <laughs> go and I'm going to say a Matty Taylor brace. And then what are you going for, Si? I'm going to go for a 2 now. I think a, a clean sheet is just about overdue. And, and I think with the back four having now, hopefully we'll have played sort of three games together. Um, yeah, let's go for a 2 nil With Robbie Hall coming off the bench to score a second. <laughs> He could get a new contract just in, for that. Yeah, well, I, I think every Oxford fan wouldn't begrudge it at all. I think we'd all if, chip if we just in. have Robbie Hall always at the club and, to, yeah. you know, and just to bring him on when we play Swindon. So yeah, if you could somehow yeah. guarantee that, I think we'd all pay his wages forever. We would, yeah. We'd set up the 12th man fund again. Sad news emerging today um, and 15 years to the day since George Best died, Maradona has died. 
couple of absolute geniuses going on the same day, 15 years apart. Um, never saw Maradona play in the flesh, um, but I do remember quite distinctly 1986, obviously a great year for us um, as Oxford fans, the World Cup in um, in Mexico and, and a couple of goals that will live very long in the memory, um, both scored by Diego Maradona. Um, I've not seen the, the. I know that there's a there's a wonderful documentary apparently which I've not seen. Oh, you have to see it. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, um, the, it just tells the story of, you know, Maradona was an incredibly talented footballer, but like Gaza, I think, and and George Best to a point, I think they had a bit of of of, of um, you know mental frailty, should we say, mm. which which the kind of football world, and what I mean by that is the, the paparazzi and all the hangers-on and club owners and agents and, you know, a- anybody who could sort of hang on the coattails of an incredibly talented person, they just got to them. And I think you, you watch that documentary, you see, you know, Maradona's life and, you know, I, I have no concept of what it's like to be the world's best at something because he was, you know, he absolutely was. Um, and, and a horrible little footballer uh, <laughs> who did, you know, miserable things to England. But anybody who's a non-English fan adored him, you know, because yeah. he, he it was it was the kind of fairy tale of the Falklands War and um, uh, and putting one over the English. And we weren't particularly liked at the time because of hooliganism and, and Thatcher and a bunch of other things. That, that mm. It was one of those ones that, you know, like when... Germany tanked Brazil 7-1 and everybody's giggling. It was the kind of same sort of thing from what I understand, you know, around the world. People were in awe of, of, you know, first of all, the hand of God and then that insane control, close control he had, didn't he, to yeah. to take it past, um, was it Terry Fennick? Or t- yes, t- yeah. yeah, yeah. Peter Reid, first of all, and then and then Terry Fennick. That was it. And going, go, talking about 88, so 86, obviously, for Oxford fans, arguably our, our best ever season and in a in a milk cup final only a few months earlier than that maradona goal trevor hebbard made terry fennick look like a you know like a sunday morning footballer yeah and he should have gone to the world cup trevor hebbard as a midfielder had just about everything we'd have won it and, and well if, if I, bobby I, robson had if, taken the oxford united team oh we couldn't have because of ray howton and, and but all, but yeah, he, could have, he could have taken trevor hebbard instead of terry fennick i think you he would have well he would have caught he would have certainly caught maradona and he'd probably taken the ball off him and gone and score maradona <laughs> would never maradona could i suppose we can never say maradona was truly un, unequivocally the best because he never came up against shot and briggs no no, he did come up. There's a wonderful photograph. He did come up against Dave Langan. Um, I saw a photograph earlier today of what looks like Lansdowne Road and um, Dave Langan sort of trying to get the ball off Maradona. Don't know whether he actually did or not, um, but it was. It's a great photograph, and and um, yeah, what what a player. I think you're right. As as it, as an England fan, you you hate him for what he did with the hand of God, but equally, that he's. Shilton should have got there a lot easier. Yeah, and um, you, he knew what he was doing. It was yeah. it. It wasn't an accident. He played no. the system and and he did yeah. it. And you know, yeah, yeah I, I, the, the love of the eighty-six World Cup. Wonderful, wonderful footballer. Just had such a centre back, and and that's back in the days when people could 
kick you up in the air, and they they certainly did, did all. Yeah, and and the documentary you watch it, and you see you see this superstar come out of Argentina, go to Barcelona, kind of being disowned by Barcelona because of injuries and and, and you know just just generally being a bit weird, and he went to Napoli, a team that weren't very successful, became like the 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 ultra hero there, and then ended up trying to beat Italy, you know, the nation which had given him a home, <laughs> and, and how that, that kind of changed his life from being this hero and his fellow Neapolitans, you know, were split between do we do we, you know, support our hero or do we do we, you know, go against um our our country and it was one of those we- weird things and you you watch the documentary and you could see the impact it had on his life and then the cocaine problem and and you know with it um I can't remember which drug he got banned for in ninety four but it was you know tra- tragic he he gave it his all Maradona and he certainly lived the fullest he yeah. he 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 had a lot of fun on the way but it was kind of a you know a a, a tragic tragic story and certainly very tragic for him to have passed on at, at 60 which is such a young young age well thank you gentlemen for for joining me uh fraser as always and and swiss a real pleasure to have you i think the last time we were together i can't remember if it was um portugal it was portugal <laughs> yeah we, we were re- live recording we no, did we, and we, we, were, um... we... We we did one at Sai at your work Sai that, that we did. James I'm came to, to you. That was when, uh, that was before that was that oh, was, was before oh, then. Okay. Yeah, oh, I've okay. been on Fair I've been on two I think, but one was live in Portugal where it was very very um, warm and it was quite quite surreal because we had your um, your stalker. Hello, Tim. Actually, had oh, made yeah. his yeah. way into yeah. the room and was yeah. sat on a sofa watching yeah. our every move yes. with that, a threatening that... look that if we didn't say hi, Tim, he was yeah. going to get us. That's um, some, uh... hi, Tim. That's the only. Yeah. That's his one appearance on the pod. Yeah, that's we some... said, hi, Tim, and he went hi. So that's some fence. That's some fence end <laughs> trivia right there. Which is the if only pod that Tim actually speaks on. Yeah, if you, if you listen back at thirty six minutes, you can hear him sigh. <laughs> and sort of, oh, and what on that I note, done? hi Tim. <laughs> hi, Tim. Yes. Yeah. He he sat there with his the same lilo and speedos on. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for for listening. And uh, if you're listening and you've enjoyed it, tell someone else. And, and get them to tell someone else and retweet and all all of the all the social media stuff that that you that we do um get it out there tell everyone about us and uh for this saturday come on you yellows come on you yellows come on bye. thanks for having bye. me bye, bye.